0: Good morning. Good morning. Hey, I want to start. I didn't have this plan, but that was amazing. I just want to say thank you to Momentum Music one more time. <laughs> Honestly, and if you're a musician, whether you're here in Gulf Breeze or you're in Navarre, this wasn't planned. He's like, what is he doing? But if you're a musician and you haven't got a hold of Pastor Matt yet, he's a worship leader. Please do that. His email Matt at Right. Please do that. It is amazing, thank you, thank you. Will you guys turn to somebody next to you and just say, dang, you're good looking. If you're in Blackwater, you might just want to like fist bump or something like that, maybe. That would work better. That would work better. Well, I'm Ray. I'm the student pastor here at Momentum Blackwater. I'm glad you guys are with us today. And Navar, I'm glad you are with us today. So a couple weeks ago, I uh, I let you in a little bit on my personal life. I kind of told you guys that um, I have this tendency to bounce from hobby to hobby, uh, maybe or interest to interest. Um, anything from wanting to be a diver to a rugby player to a boxer to you just you name it. I've probably at least thought about it before. Okay, so I'm going to bring you a little bit deeper today. Okay, so. A few months ago, two months ago, we shot this video. We've been in this Nehemiah series, and if you've seen it, we've been shown this video, not the one we just saw, but we've been shown this video. It has my friend Preston in it. He's this good-looking red-headed guy, and then there's a couple other good-looking guys, like I might be in the video, and, and, and we're, we're, what we're doing is we're building this wall out of cinder block, okay, and you see us messing around with the cinder block. Well, that video, that was shot in my backyard. Okay. So after the video was done, we literally had a truckload, like a big truckload of cinder block sitting in my backyard. Okay. Now we just had to carry it back there and now we got to, yeah, there you go. So, yep, that's it. But hold on. So here's the deal. What happens, okay, is we're like, what um, what are we going to do with all this cinder block? Okay. What are we going to do with this cinder block? And the question kind of goes around. is like, do you need it? And we're like, what would you need center block for? Do you need it? What do you need center block for? Nothing. They're like, Ray, do you need it? And I'm like, what would I need center block for? And I start going into like Rayville for a second, right? And I'm like, and what happens when people ask me questions that everyone else answers? No, I'm like, wait a sec. Okay. I'm like, what? I go to this spot, and I'm like, what is the manliest situation I can get myself into with some cinder block, okay? I dug, I dug, I dug, and I got it, okay? I started thinking fire, I started thinking metal, I started thinking hammers. I'm gonna become a blacksmith, (laughs) okay? And what I'm gonna do with this right here is I'm gonna build me a forge, okay? So I'm sitting there, and I'm spacing out, and they're like, Ray, do you need the cinder block? And I'm like, boys, we're building a forge, right? And as though like, 14-year-old girl's uh, Justin Bieber going by, like, we started dancing. Like, we were high-fiving. We're like, we're going to make swords and shields and everything else that our wives are going to hate us for, right? Like, and we're pumped, and we're walking back to the house. And Vanessa, my wife, she's kind of coming out just to check on us. And she, um, she's like, hey, babe, notices that we're empty-handed. She's like, you done with the video? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's great. She's like, what you going to do with all that cinder block? Now, I'm hyped. I got my posse behind me. I'm ready. I'm going to tell this lady what's up, okay? I'm going to build me a forge. I'm going to be a blacksmith, baby. Right? And as I'm ready for like the, the, you know, the hoorah that we just had, I turn around and my boys are just walking away out the gate. I'm left alone, okay? It was about 40 minutes of convincing. Really, I think she just gave up, okay? So what happened is for two months, I put energy into finding out, like, what do you need to be a blacksmith, okay? You need all these different hammers. You need coal. I started literally, like, my community group knows this. I started making my own coal, okay? Like, I've been ready for this thing, okay? Well, what you're looking at is the current status of my forge, this is the update on the forge as of yesterday morning. Nothing. Okay. So what happened, guys? What I was like, man, this is such a good picture. Not from my wife, she hates it. But but what this picture, why I bring it up today, this this pile of rubble, it's a it's a picture. Thank you for the picture. It's a picture of areas in our lives. See. Some of us we have these piles of rubble. We have this unfinished business in our lives. Or we have things maybe like me that you never even really started. For some of us, for some of us it's our education. You started an education, you just never graduated. For some of you it's a certification. It's something that could get you further faster, but it seems that every time you have the opportunity to to go get that, there's also an excuse that follows. For some of us, it's our health. It's our fitness. See, we have this game plan. We know that taking care of ourselves means that we can take care of others better. We know that taking care of ourselves means that I can spend more quality time with my grandkids or playing with my kids. We have this idea. We started. You started good in January. And you're like, I'm going to I'm going to get past January. I'm going to beat all the New Year's resolution people. And you got two months in. You got three months in. You got four months in. And then somewhere along the line, it, it stopped. And your health, which was going up, never got to the goal that you set, and it is left unfinished. For some of us, the rubble in our lives is a little bit deeper. It's a little bit wider. It's the broken areas of our lives that haven't been fixed. See, for some of us, the rubble in our lives is counseling. There was an area of your life that you needed recruitment. You needed help on. You knew it. You took the right next step to get help. But as you and your counselor started digging deeper You started remembering why you buried it in the first place. And you stopped. You didn't come back. For some of you, the rubble is your marriage. It's there. We can see it. It's just in pieces. It's just been broken. It's just been burned. The only reason why it even exists is because other people don't want to touch it. For some of us, it's our attitudes. We don't want to be the most negative person we know. But we can't seem to stop this fire hydrant of thoughts, of negativity that flows through our thoughts. We didn't choose depression as somebody that we would be associated with. I get with people, it's there. I get away from people, it's there. I go to church, it's there. I stop coming, it's there. Sometimes our emotions are the rubble in our lives. They grasp us and they control us. But what I'm here to tell you today is that God is all about reviving the rubble. But I want to be real with you because you got to be real in order to heal. That's only so encouraging. That's really only so helpful. An inspirational quote, really. It's a truth, but what we want to know is how. The odds are overwhelmingly against me, Ray. How can this wall be rebuilt in my life? So today, I want to pick up, we're picking back up in Nehemiah, and I want to look at a group of people who are going through a similar situation, and I want to see what God has to give us concerning this. So today, we're picking up in Nehemiah 3, and I'm only going to go over two verses today. So what I want to encourage you to do is please go back and read the whole chapter. Please go back. And get it in context. You should always do that. Not just always take it at word. But go back. Let God speak to you. Let God speak to you directly through his word. Today we're going to follow the leaders in this passage. We're going to follow the priest. So we're going to go over verses 1 and verses 28. So Nehemiah 3 verse 1. Then Elisha the high priest and the other priest started to rebuild at the sheep gate. They dedicated it and set up its doors, building the wall as as far as the Tower of the Hundred, which they dedicated, and the Tower of Hananel. Now we're going to hop over, continuing on the story of the priest at verse 28. Getting there. There we go. No. Can we get verse 28 up, please? There we go. Thank you. Give it up for production. They have one of the hardest, (laughs) hardest jobs in the world. Nehemiah three twenty-eight, picking up where the priests are above the horse gate. The priest repaired—that's an important wall or pertinent word—repaired the wall. Each one repaired the section immediately across from his own house. Now, when I read this, there are three things God is trying to tell us. There's three words, there are three actions that are giving us the how to revive the rubble. The first one is start. They started. The second one is, you see it twice, they dedicated. And then the third one is they repaired. Okay, so in order, how, God, God, how do I revive the rubble in my life? You got to start. You got to start somewhere. And what that looks like for us is that we got to identify the mess. See, what we see when we look at the story of the priest is that there was brokenness all around them. The whole wall was broken down, but they started immediately in front of them. See, in order to help people, you got to help yourself. They identified the mess. They asked that question, and they got the hard answer of what is broken. They looked in front of them. They looked inside of themselves and they said, what is broken? That's what it looks like in our lives. What's broken? Is it your marriage? Is it a relationship with a loved one? Or a friend? Or a person who was a friend? Have you examined your attitude lately? Where? is the rubble in your life. Where is the rubble? So they started, and then we see this word dedicated. They dedicated what they were building to God. See, there's this thing that God warns us, or not warns us, but actually gives us a tip. It's in Proverbs 16:3. It says, Dedicate your plans to the Lord. Dedicate, dedicate your plans to God, and you will succeed. See, We have this problem, don't we sometimes, of dedicating parts of our life to God. Like my time and my energy. Like, God, you got my Sunday morning. Don't touch my Sunday afternoons. The Giants are playing. (laughs) God, you can have 15 minutes of my morning, but please give me the rest of my day. You can have my relationships, you can have my friendships in church, like my community group. But I'm going to go ahead and keep my friendships outside of church. Like, God, you can have my private life all you want. It's yours. But God, my public life, I got to keep it. You can have those relationships, but please don't touch who I'm dating, because that would change things. See, we, we have this tendency to take parts of our life and dedicate it to God. But God is trying to help us succeed. He's trying to bless us. See, when we dedicate things to God, it's not just to his glory. It's to our benefit. See, when God says, dedicate things to me, He's not just saying, give me glory, give me glory, give me glory. I don't know if I said that right. But (laughs) what he's saying is I want to bless you. I want to help you succeed. Dedicate it to me. See, when God invited you, when he gave you the call to build the wall, what he was doing was giving you a call to build something of eternal worth. He's trying to help you build something that will last. It's not just to his glory, but it's to our benefit that we would start to dedicate things to God, See, here's the secret about dedicating parts of our life to God. The day you make the decision, when you make the decision to dedicate your whole life to God, you won't have such a problem dedicating the things in life to God. I would challenge you. I would challenge you. To dedicate what you want to see replicated in your life. See, we say celebrate, but I'm going to challenge you to dedicate what you want to see replicated in your life. See, and we get the first two steps. We, we identified the problem. We identified it. We prayed about it. But see, now it's time to do something about it. And this is where a big problem raises its ugly head. This is where a lot of us drop off. This is where a lot of people quit. We we recognize the problem. You're like, I see that problem. You go to God about it. You get amped up. You get filled. You walk up. You roll up your sleeves. You're ready to roll. And we get to the edge of the rubble. And something happens. we start to examine the pieces of what once was. I remember that piece. That's my marriage. Yeah, I remember when he said, till death do us part. But what you don't understand, what he was saying was, I will bring death to your heart. And I remember that piece. I remember the day when I came home, but Dad didn't. I remember the man that I loved the most and trusted the most left Mom. I remember when he thought it was enough to see me in the summer. And I remember that piece. That's when I trusted God with mom's cancer. But mom isn't here anymore. And what happens is we get to the edge. And we see the areas where we should be strong in life. But we are overwhelmed by how weak we feel. It is a lie from your enemy's mouth that God cannot rebuild that wall. What happens is we get to the edge, we get overwhelmed, and we say these words, I can't, I can't, I can't love again. I can't love her again. I can't forgive him again. I can't respect him again. I can't open myself up like that again. I just can't trust people. I just can't. But see, can't, this phrase, this word can't, It's an issue of ability. See, when you're saying I can't, what you're saying is I don't have the ability to get this done. But God isn't looking for your ability. He's looking for your obedience. When God gave you the call To build the wall, he wasn't hoping that you would bring some kind of strength or some kind of talent to the table that he didn't already possess. See, the God who called you to the mess through his strength, through his ability, will get you through it. God isn't looking for your ability. He's looking for your obedience. Can't is an issue of ability. Can I get real with you today? You need to get real in order to heal. Can I be a little real with you? See, when we say I can't, at the heart of it, what you're really saying is I won't. See, I can't is an issue of ability, but I won't is an issue of attitude. God doesn't want your ability, He wants your obedience. See, when God gave you the call to build the wall, he wasn't asking the question, can you? He was asking the question, will you? Will you trust in me again? Will you trust in my ability again? Will you trust in my power? Will you dare to love again? Will you dare to forgive again? Will you, sir, lead her? even though she knows your rubble more than anybody else? Will you stop trusting in your ability and start trusting in his? Will you, ma'am? Will you forgive him? I know it broke your heart, but can you trust in him to put it back together? Will you? Will you, fathers? Will you wade through the awkwardness of adolescence? Will you pray? Will you live out your faith? Will you pray with your kids? No, will you pray over your kids? Will you go into the room and speak life over them? It's awkward. Dad, I know it's awkward. I got news for you. He's 13. You got about seven more years of awkward coming. It's time to get used to it. Will you lead him? Will you lead your little girl? Mom. Will you give love maybe the way that you didn't receive it? Will you value them the way that maybe you wished you were valued? See, parents, if you don't start moving on the pieces of what once was, you might be very well handing down the pieces of what will never be. Will you live your faith out in God? See, I understand that some of you didn't have it. I understand that some of you, you didn't have fathers who led you spiritually. You didn't have mothers who loved. Some of you don't have friends, didn't have friends that are loyal. Some of you have never tasted and seen that God is good. But just because you didn't have the wall doesn't mean you shouldn't build the wall. (laughs) See, this wall doesn't just benefit your generation. See, when they built the wall, it didn't just benefit Nehemiah. When they built the wall, it didn't just benefit that generation of Jerusalem, of Israel. It benefited the generations to come. That wall is hope. It's revival. It's glory to God. See, there's a whole lot more riding on your obedience than what you understand. it's time to build. See, the very area of your life that you think can't be rebuilt is the very area of your life that God wants you to get to work. What's broken over there? No, what's broken in front of me? What's broken in me? Don't go down the street to find the other pieces of broken wall This is the time that God wants you to dedicate what's in front of you and what's in you. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. I know about me. Prayer team is a prayer team in here. After invitation, we got some time. We're going to pray today. I don't know about you, but I know about me. I want to revive the rubble in my life. I don't want to waste another minute. I don't want to waste a moment. I want to go home. I want to sit down. I got a journal. It's a composition book, but I got one. Okay. I want to sit down with God. I want to sit down with God. And ask that question, what's broken in my life? God, what is broken in my life? I don't know, church, about you, but I do absolutely know about me. When it comes to reviving the rubble, I want to succeed. I'm going to go home, and I'm going to dedicate the mess to God. God, what's broken? It's yours, to your glory. Revive it. Church, I just don't know about you, but I absolutely know about me. I am sick, and I am so tired of stumbling over the pieces of my past. I hate stubbing my toe on bad memories. I'm done. I'm like healed done. I'm giving what I used to hold in my imperfect hands back to God. I'm trusting in his ability, in his strength. I want you to go home today. I don't want you to waste a moment. I want you to get with God. Maybe you and your wife get with God and ask that question, what is broken? Here it is. It's yours, God. And I want you to trust in the name of Jesus, his strength in his ability because I know one thing that God is about reviving the rubble let's pray a few moments ago I said you might not understand you may have never tasted that God is good And if that's you today, I'm talking directly to you. See, this message can bring hope when Jesus is your hope. But outside of that, it's only just inspirational. So today, I want to tell you why Jesus is my hope. See, I'm imperfect I have failures. In fact, we all do. Like no one taught us how to gossip. No one taught us how to cop an attitude. No one, no one taught us to be selfish. Those are things we picked up. They were naturally in us. Those imperfections and those failures, they are called sin. And sin separates us from God. Sin has a consequence, and that consequence is death. An eternal death away from God. And it's not in God's will that you would ever suffer That kind of death. So much so that he was willing to send his only son to die that death so that we didn't have to. To wipe us clean of sin. Wipe us clean. Forgive us of our failures. Look at the rubble and say there is hope for revival because I'm here. And if you don't have that relationship with Jesus, if you don't have that relationship with God, then I want to invite you into it. I want to help you. I want to pray with you. And prayer is just talking to God. Prayer is just talking to God. You're not praying to me. You don't need to get through me to get to God. God says with Jesus you can go straight to him. So if you've never given your life to Jesus, if you've never put your faith and your trust and your hope in the name of Jesus, then today I'm inviting you to do so. You just pray this prayer with me. And that's Jesus. We pray it together, church, to encourage those who are praying it for the first time. Jesus, thank you for forgiving me of my sin. Thank you for wiping me clean of my failure. Today, I put my trust and my hope in you. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for raising from the dead for me. And thank you for victory. Teach me how to live. Jesus, teach me how to love like you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to call you guys to be bold and look up here. I'm going to count the three. Prayer team, can you come up here, please? I'm going to count the three, and I'm going to ask you, if you gave your life to Christ today, to raise your hand. I'm calling the prayer team up, because if you got rubble in your life that you want to revive, then I want you to come up here. I want you to dedicate it to God. I want, I want you to have a partner in this. These people, they pray for you weekly. They pray for you all week. So when I count to three, if you gave your life to Christ, I want you to raise your hand. If you want to come up here and pray too, let's do it. But if you're a Christian in this room and you are dealing with rubble in your life, then today is the day that God has said, let's revive that mess. I'm counting to three, you're raising your hand and we're coming. One, two, three. If you got rubble in your life, I want you to come and pray. Don't look around them. They didn't create you. They don't qualify you.